Welcome to the Granite Gals podcast. This is the podcast where we interview female hikers who hike the right mountains. I am Alexander Her. And I am Sage Her. The opinions that we personally express in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of our interviewee or of any organizations we may mention. Hello everyone. Today we are interviewing Phoebe Seltzer, an avid white mountain hiker, runner, and skier. Welcome to Granite Gals. When and why did you start hiking and why do you like to hike? Uh, I started hiking with my parents when I was a kid. My first big mountain, I would say, was Cadillac, uh, and then we went to huts together as a family before I started hiking on my own. Uh, I love to hike, but I love being in nature, and it allows me to be alone sometimes and connect with a great community, and I love the views and checking off uh, lists as I go along. Um, what is your favorite 4K and why? I really love Bond Cliff. Uh, I love doing the Pemi Loop. It's my favorite loop in the White Mountains. So that's kind of the start of the loop. Uh, I've also done it with my dad, which was my first time where I took him on a backpacking trip where I was leading it rather than him. And it was really fun to get him to see a peak that he had always wanted to see. Oh, yeah. That's, that's awesome. cool. Yeah, I like Bond Cliff too. Yeah, I did the Pemi Loop once, but uh, yeah, it was quite tiring. <laughs> it's really cool, though. Yeah, and I also got to do it once from Zealand Falls Hut, so Bond Cliff was, ended up being near the end, and it was cool to see the stars, and it was cool seeing it in the dark. Yeah, yeah, that's the way that I did it. I, um, I ended with Bond Cliff and then went down that way. What hiking list or lists are you working on? What do you enjoy about them specifically? Uh, I'm working on hiking, tracing the White Mountain guidebooks, so completing all the trails in the White Mountains. I'm also thinking about working on the winter 4K, and I'm trying to take away the New England 4,000 peaks. I love hiking and tracing the White Mountains because it allows me to see new trails I wouldn't necessarily see, and it's fun working towards a goal and being part of the community. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I bet. When did you start doing that? Uh, I theoretically started when I was a kid, when I started hiking up here. But really, I've been working on it the last, like, two or three years. Okay, cool. What made you start working on that? I don't remember, really. I think I just, like, somehow found it. I'm like, that's the perfect (laughs) list to work on because I love the unknown. I've always been an explorer. Even, like, during ski banquets, I would love to, like, run off in the woods whenever I saw a trail. (laughs) Against my parents' wishes. <laughs> uh, it must be really exciting to like discover all these new trails and little places that you didn't know existed. Yeah. Where have you hiked in addition to the White Mountains, and what is your favorite place to hike outside the Northeast? I've been to Colorado, California. I would say Colorado is my favorite. Both of these were altitude trips to like train for running and explore the trails out west. Uh, California was a three-week trip. I climbed a 4,000, sorry, 14,000 foot peak out there called Mount Sneffels, and that was a cool exposure to the mountain, to that kind of climbing and stuff. The trails, uh, it's, the trails, there's definitely trails out there, but it's less established than you think of as a white mountain trail, like, near the top, you kind of have to pick your way through, figure out your own way, Mm. and it has a lot of scrambling, kind of like the whites, um, but a little bit different. And then on the top, they have like a sign and I think it was in a box or something and you get to hold that up and get a picture of it rather than something like stuck into the ground. And that's pretty cool. And up there, there was also one with the 
name on a rock. I mean, the rock was broken, but it was still pretty cool. So you could hold that rock up too, which was fun. Wow, that's really cool. Did you notice like anything really different about the trail going up that mountain in California versus the trails here or like the, uh, you know, the environment, like things that really stood out to you? Yeah, the plants were a lot different. Uh, I love the alpine plants out there. The trails, the sometimes they can be rocky, but it feels different. Like it's not all those big stones. It's just the, the ground, is, there's nothing different out there. And most of the trails until you get pretty high up are pretty smooth. And that's really nice for running on. And in California, I got to run a little bit on the Western States course, which is a big ultra in the ultra running world. And I got to see all the alpine flowers up there, which was pretty spectacular. Oh, that sounds beautiful. Yeah. Have you ever experienced sexism directed towards you on the trail? I would say so. It's not anything big, but I was climbing Chakora last year. And some guy was like, he was with his buddies, and I think he was trying to look cool or something. So he's like, he was annoyed about me passing him. So he's kind of to his friends, like, if you do this, you're going to fall or hurt yourself. Something along those lines, something <laughs> corny. Oh. And then I was also doing the Adatash Trail last year. And some guys, which is like one of the less traveled trails in the White Mountains, it goes over like the Adatash Peaks. It starts on Bear Notch and goes all the way to, I think it's, I forget what road it's off, but it's towards Diana's Bass and stuff. And I was coming from Bear Notch and going down into the less traveled part. Some guys like, you know, it's really difficult in there. And Hmm. it gives me like this extreme length of detail about the trail. I'm like, yeah, I know. I read the trail description. (laughs) And I've done trails much harder than this. Like, you don't need to mansplain it to me, which yeah. was what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people have had experiences like that. Yeah, this is unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, tell us about your most memorable animal encounters on the trails. White Mountains or anywhere? Uh, anywhere is fine. So I was running in Colorado once, and I got to see a herd of elk, which was really spectacular. I tried to get a picture. I only got, like, a picture of one of the elk, but they they all ran across the trail, and that was really cool. Wow. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen an elk. Well, we probably have uh, one of our trips. Yeah. But, yeah, that's really awesome. How about in the whites? Um, Anything there? Let's see. Moose. I've seen moose before, especially on the Coos Trail, which is part, some parts of it are part of redlining, so it's farther up north where there's a lot less people, and I've seen some moose up there, which is also pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. How did you like the Coos Trail? I really like it. Um, I'm thinking of doing it sometime, hopefully this year, before I potentially move out west. I really like the remote aspect of it. And the trails are really pretty up there, and they feel a little bit different from the White Mountains. And I, the lakes are really nice up there too. Yeah, when we were when we were on the trail, um, I remember we really liked the trip. And I feel what you were saying about it feeling more remote and like pretty different than the mainstream 4K trails that everyone hikes. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I know I know there are people who love it. I think you're doing it uh, north to south. Most people do it south to north because like it's easier when you get up farther north where it's flatter 
But in my opinion, getting the, fresh, the easy stuff done when you're fresh means you can go faster on that. And I'm also a lot um, more at home in the mountains. So even though it's steeper and more elevation, I think when I'm tired, doing the mountainous section might be actually easier for me because hmm. it's, huh. it's what I'm comfortable with. All right. Well, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, um, I feel that like if you're already used to something or used to a trail, then it goes by faster. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you prefer hiking solo or with a group of people? Most of the time I hike solo when I love it. I do like when somebody's like, oh, you want to go hiking? Uh, that's always fun. But I usually like to hike to be alone and to get a run done and explore the views. And sometimes when you're with somebody else, you have to change your pace or you stop more often. So I frequently go by myself. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Most people don't want to hike with me. They think I'm too crazy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, they don't want to do something that long. <laughs> or that fast. Yeah, you, you've done some pretty awesome hikes. <laughs> What's next? Do you have any specific hiking-related plans for the future? As I said, like New England, 4,000 footers I'm thinking of working on. Um, I'm also hoping to move out west at some point and explore the trails over there. Maybe do a Duratisma at some point. Uh, oh, I have to think up what I want to do. There's always more or less like the grid and stuff, but I don't think I'm going to be here long enough to do that. Okay, wow. Those are great plans. What kinds of things would you want to do out west? So I'm hoping to be a mountain guide eventually, IFMGA certified, which is like the world standard of certification. Out west, I feel like the ski trails could potentially be better out there like um, more extreme skiing and stuff and getting exposure to that could be a good idea and i also like how there's places kind of in the desert so even in the winter time you can go somewhere and run on trails without having to deal with snow but if you want to you can do all the snow stuff your heart desires Mm -hmm. in the mountains if you just go up a little higher so i love that aspect where you can kind of do both in the winter yeah that makes sense Yeah, I haven't hiked much out there, but I really enjoyed it when we did. Yeah, yeah, it was really beautiful. Yeah, and the trails were kind of smoother, like you mentioned before, but... Um, yeah. And I, there were, there are quite a lot of switchbacks, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's, always, that's really nice. The switchbacks are lovely out there. And also, like, getting to see the spring wildflowers out there. I mean, I'm sure Alpine Garden is probably pretty spectacular. I haven't seen that myself, but uh, what I've seen of the wildflowers is pretty cool. So now some questions that are mostly unrelated to hiking. What do you do for a living? Currently, for the next few days, I'm still a ski instructor. I love, I've found a love of working with kids, but I want to work with everybody in the future. Um, So I'm hoping to get a guiding job, like maybe as an intern or as a low-level guide this summer and build out my experience so that I can start preparing to take certification classes my career somewhere down the line um and then become a guide and maybe uh guide like all over the world like on Denali and stuff like that which would be oh. pretty cool wow yeah it's wow. so exciting what would be your favorite thing about guiding i like being outside like being in a desk job i don't think would suit me mm-hmm. yeah. um, or even in a lab like i tried that for six months um i felt kind of cooped up so being outside i also like it when people I like to share my love of the outdoors with people, so it allowed me to do that and kind of help people 
get explore the mountain on their own or even with guides in the future so it allows them to get out there and do what they want to do and see beautiful views and just the joy of them like finally figuring out how to do something is pretty cool yeah yeah besides denali like what are some other places in the world that you would love to guide people on I don't ever want to do like Everest or K2. I think the risk of those peaks is a little bit too high for me. Yeah. <laughs> that may change, but some of the lower Himalaya peaks would be pretty cool to go out there and see them and guide on them. Um, also, there's a lot of remote peaks besides Denali and Alaska. Yeah. Um, there's this peak that's called Mount Blackburn that's always held my fascination since I was a 16. I did a trip to Alaska. And they pointed out that, like, yeah, it's, like, something like 25 miles to get there, and then you have to climb it. And if I recall correctly from Bradford Washburn's book, it was the first peak climbed by a woman, or the only peak out there climbed. First, the first ascent was completed by a female. So oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, interesting. What are some organizations you are a part of and uh, hobbies that you have outside of hiking? Yeah, so I'm part of a group called the Western Mass Distance Project. We compete in uh, USMTF races throughout New England, sometimes do national championships for cross-country. Um, we do mountain running, we do road running, we do marathons, we do 5Ks, we do trail runs. Um, there's people also like me who are ultra runners, so that's it's kind of a great group. Yeah, I love that group. It's really cool. What got you interested in running? My parents always ran, uh, until I started running, I would usually run like three miles once a year and then be like, okay, I'm not going to run again. <laughs> but once I got to high school, I got kind of into it. I did my first 20 miler when I was a sophomore in high school. Wow. First marathon when I was a junior. And then I don't remember when my first 50 miler was probably, it was definitely sometime in college maybe second or third year of college and then i've done a hundred mile in california um i've made it to like the 100k 70 mile point at a bunch of other 100 milers um and i also hold a couple fkts in the white mountains i just like love exploring the mountains on my feet i can sometimes go faster than when i was than if i was hiking out there usually actually go faster so as we see more in a day so people tell me, like, how can you see the views when you're running that fast? You're like, why are you running in the mountains? It's, you're supposed to go slower and enjoy the views. I'm like, I can enjoy the views. And um, sometimes I get to see more views than you because I do more in a day. So I get to see this view, this view, this view, and this view when you only see a few views. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I can still watch the view as I'm running if I look up. So that's, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's insane. I just can't imagine doing like that much running at once. I'm sure you have a bunch of strategies to keep going and, and not get burnt out. Do you want to share some of that? Yeah, I usually eat and drink when I'm running. So I like to usually pack light. Like I probably, I'm not sure how, like I've never tested this, but I feel like I actually carry more of the 10 essentials than a lot of hikers do. Like I usually carry all of them, but I've learned to like, some stuff maybe in one day I might not need. Like I always carry my personal locator beacon with me, a bivy sack and a first aid kit and warm layers and a rain layer. Okay. And I'm sure a lot of hikers don't actually do that. <laughs> uh, 
So I always have my safety gear, and then I usually bring iodine tablets with me, so if I need more water, I can get it. Okay. Um, and sometimes I'll bring energy drink powders to add to that, because I start the day with it, but then if I'm refilling, I need more of it. I love fueling with natural f- food, so I usually, for my gels, I use this company called Spring Energy. It's like rice and fruit and sometimes maple syrup, and the gels range from like 100 to 300 calories mm-hmm. so they're great for that and i feel good about eating them and they also make some energy drinks that i use i also use honey stinger some of their bars are pretty good mm-hmm. and i love maple on tap it's like eating straight maple syrup but it's, it helps you run yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. good is it difficult i'm sure you're you know used to it now but is it difficult mentally like knowing that you have that long to go like when you're starting out and you know when you're halfway done and all of that so when i'm doing these if you're going to be out that long you stop thinking about how long it is like you can't like think about being done otherwise you'll be annoyed the whole time right so you just kind of know you're going to be out there all day and you just go for it and just enjoy it yeah and yeah and sometimes it like most people couldn't do mount washington after work but that was the fun thing I did last summer is it took me three hours to get up and down Mount Washington. So when everybody else is coming down Mount Washington, I got the whole mountain to myself. People kind of laughed at me when I'm going up the headwall at like four o'clock in the afternoon. But I'm like, you know, whatever. Some guy's like, you're going all the way to the top today? I'm like, well, I'm on the headwall of Tucker and Ruby. What else am I supposed to do? <laughs> like, what does it look like I'm doing? <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite non-hiking related book? Let's see. I've read a lot of books. I have, I've been mostly reading magazines lately, so my favorite magazine to read would be Ultra Runner magazine. It has race reports, and it kind of, by reading them, like I think of races that I want to do in the future, it also has advice segments about training and that kind of stuff. So, and it's like comes out once a month, so it's something new every month. And I really like that. Cool, cool. If you could either fly or be invisible, which would you choose and why? I would say fly, because it would be pretty cool to like go hike up a mountain and then fly off it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I or you, or you could fly up to the top of it and then run down it if that's your jam. Yeah, that would be awesome actually. If that was a uh, an acceptable way to go up a mountain, <laughs> I would definitely choose that. <laughs> yeah, I definitely choose that. <laughs> Dogs or cats? Dogs. I'm, I'm also allergic to cats, so... Oh. oh, yeah. But I definitely like dogs better anyway. <laughs> okay. If you had to pick either summer hiking or winter hiking forever in the whites, which would you choose? I'd say summer. You don't have to deal with the snow. It does mean sometimes you have more rocks. Like, Tuckermans can be a lot easier to run in the summer, but some trails just don't get packed down in the sun, in the winter yeah so that would mean less access to those trails or at least when i did them it would take forever to do them so i think i'd have to go with summer hmm. yeah i have a question about running in the whites in the winter isn't it difficult because you have to wear microspikes or snowshoes and that probably weighs on your feet yeah it can be more difficult you definitely have to bring more but i've learned to pick and choose where I need to bring more. Okay. Like if I'm going up tree line, I'll bring a lot. If I'm, say, running to Madison Hut or to Hermit Lake and back, where I'm going to be completely above tree line, 
or at least 99% above tree line, sorry, below tree line, I might bring a lot less than if I was going to be up there for an extended period of time. I usually, when I need snowshoes, I'll bring something called a fast pack, which is kind of a cross between a backpack and an ultra running vest. So it has places for your fuel up front, hydration and food. And then in the back, it kind of, it's kind of like, I guess one of those roll top bags that you might bring like boating or something. So it has that kind of closure, the roll top closure. Um, And then I'll put what I need in there. And then it has the, I forget what they're called, whatever the straps that you can attach stuff to. It's like butterfly or something like that. I don't know what it's called. So I can thread a buckle through those straps and strap my snowshoes on. And actually on the top is a buckle that's part of the backpack that I can use for that. So I can take them on and off if I need to. I can stow my micro spikes. I can stow a big down coat in there. And I'll usually wear my winter trail runners. They're a lot warmer. They're double layer and they have bills and gaiters. They're not mountaineering boots, but they can get you most places and they're pretty warm if you're moving fast. And I usually bring a bothy bag with me in the winter as opposed to a bivy sack. A bothy bag apparently can get up to 45 degrees if you have it over you. It's warm. It's a shelter. And if I'm going to avalanche terrain, I'll also bring an avalanche beacon. But then I'll have my ski boots on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, I think backpacks that are designed to be lighter are really great. We have some that are designed to be lighter and I'm really grateful for that. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's pretty durable too. Like I've been impressed. We've had it for many years. Yeah, I just like started with this this year, so we'll see how long it lasts. I'm hoping it does. So it also has typical chest straps that you imagine from a hydration vest, and then if you need it, uh, like I always have in the winter, it has a weight, kind of smaller waist belt strap. It doesn't quite go around your waist; it goes more above your hip bones. Hmm. But that's an also that's a good extra strap to kind of keep it from balancing around. Yeah, this cool. one's great. Yeah, I've never tried a, a running vest, but this one's yeah, it sounds like efficient. good good support too. Yeah, and you can I can fit everything I need in there, so it's pretty great. I yeah, I do the premium loop with it. If I'm staying in the huts, I can go for like as long as I can restock my food at the huts. I can go for three days. If I don't need to restock my food, I can go for two days because the huts provide breakfast and dinner. And I'll bring my sleep sack, like carry it kind of like a water bottle in my hand because it has a strap over it. Mm. I just slip my hand through it and I can run with it, Mm. hike with it as I've done. So that's pretty fun. Mm. That's interesting. That's cool. Hey, well, thanks for sharing that. That's so cool. There's so much unique gear and preparation that goes into hiking so fast and running and all that. Yeah. So it's really interesting to learn about. Yeah. Because, like, all you really need is, like, you're not really changing your clothes when you're doing staying in the huts. I mean, you can, but, like, you just need your essential clothes and then your food and your hydration and your emergency gear. So that never really changes from day to day. Right. Yeah. So pack what food you can and then we stock and it can go forever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Really awesome. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Yeah, it was really exciting to speak to you today. Yeah, it was great to speak to you guys, too. The preservation of the environment is important if we want to continue having beautiful mountains to hike. We strongly encourage you to donate to Union of Concerned Scientists, or UCS. It is an amazing organization that does important scientific research to help prevent negative effects of climate change. You can learn more about UCS and donate to their organization at ucsusa.org.